Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network and plenty of other places and the co-host of this show on a regular basis, Justin Garcia. Uh, we've got a bit to talk to, a bit to talk about, I should say, on this show today. Ted Davis, the radio voice of the Bucks for so long, has retired or his retirement has been announced. So we're going to talk about Ted. I've had the pleasure to get to know Ted a little bit over the last couple of years, but Justin, you worked with him for years, so we're going to talk about Ted. And then we've got to talk about the Bucks taking over professional wrestling, whether it's the WWE or the AEW. The Bucks are all over it at the moment. And then uh, we'll get to some of the forgotten moments from this season as well. I got a tweet today that asked me about that. Before we dive into it, Justin, I have to remind everyone about Fridays on the Locked On NBA podcast nick angstead of locked on mavericks and adam maris of locked on nuggets power rank the week that was in the nba follow the locked on nba podcast today wherever you get your podcasts but let's not bury the lead justin i was i i'm not going to say i was shocked that this announcement came but i still do think that anytime it becomes official or it's final that you see Ted Davis isn't going to call the Bucks radio games anymore. And we've already had to sort of go through this farewell process, I guess, from a basketball sense with, with Jim Paschke as well. It really does truly feel like an end of an era. Yeah, and I've seen uh, a lot of the same sentiments out there on uh, uh, social media that I think um, you know people feel kind of uh, the same way that uh, I do and, and you do from the sounds of it, that, um, y- you know, Ted had uh, been here for almost a quarter century that he was the radio voice of the Bucks and and Jim obviously a little longer than that on the TV side but for um people right in the age window of um you know all of us you and me and and, and Frank um that's who you grew up hearing on the radio and uh on the TV broadcast for Jim and I, I know you've talked about listening to the radio broadcast from Australia and and getting a chance to know Ted. So, you know, 25 years, 24 years, I think it was officially that he was a voice of the team. I mean, that's, it's, I can't think of another instance where you have an organization that's replacing two long tenured um, figures like that on both radio and TV in the same off season. And there's some, some pretty big shoes to fill in both cases on radio and TV. So um, I obviously, as, as we've talked about on this show, I, I grew up in the area. I'm a Wisconsin native. So I was very familiar with the docile tones of Ted on the radio prior to getting the chance to know him and work alongside him for the last six years. So um, yeah, it, it was, um, it's, it's been an interesting off season and this added to it. I was I was still caught off guard by it. We had, we had kind of talked about this the last couple of years that I know 
you know, Ted had, had bought some land in Texas and knew retirement was on the horizon. And he would, uh, I would say, kind of prepped us the last couple of off seasons of, you know, sooner or later, this could be it. So this, every time the season ended, it felt like maybe this was the last time we were, we had all convened together. And I think for him, not to speak for him, but it, it seems like this was you know, the perfect opportunity that, you know, it's near and now this team won a championship. So what better way to go out? Well, I think, and again, I don't know personally with Jim or uh, Ted, whether it was, you know, hundred percent their decision that they wanted to hang it up. I I don't really know, but I will say that in the storyline sense, there's no perfect way to end than in Ted's case, your final call being an NBA championship. Of course, we think it's a massive shame that the local TV broadcast don't get to do the same but nonetheless, for Jim and Ted to finish in a championship season is, is absolutely awesome because we've always said that, let's be honest, they've seen some pretty awful basketball and <laughs> called a lot of losses. And I have. And, so- and by the way, Ted will be the first to point out some yeah. of those awful games that he has seen. As I've heard the stories many times, not only with the Bucks, but he sat through some brutal seasons in Dallas. I believe there was a, a nine-win year with the Mavs, an 11-win <laughs> year. He talked about a 30-game losing streak. So he's seen it all. Well, the thing that I loved about Ted... And on radio, I think you can get away with this a little bit more. There's been times, and you pointed to it, uh, I've listened to Ted for a long, long time. When I was younger and early teens, uh, I I wasn't buying NBA League Pass and watching the games. I would buy Audio League Pass because it was significantly cheaper. So I would listen to the games on the radio on the weekends. When I wasn't at school, I'd listen to the games on the radio. and, And at that stage, it was around the... The early years, Andrew Boga was just drafted by the team, and and I've I've said this before. I, I so if you've heard this story, you know I apologize, but I did send an email through to Ted, and it was I think I was just my my general opinion on Andrew Bogut's rookie season. Who knows? It was probably absolute rubbish, but he read it out at halftime, and uh, I remember being pretty excited about that at the time. But you did just become so familiar with listening to Ted. I remember specifically. Uh, listening to the game where Mo Williams hit that uh, buzzer-beating jump shot. I was listening to that on the radio. Uh, and over previous years or recent years, I've, I've put the, the radio on in the car and I, we were texting. I would text you when you were doing the games. The, it changes a little bit because it is truly a thrill when, when you're a fan for so long and you listen to these guys and Jim and Ted were both the same. And then as you pointed to, I moved to Milwaukee. I get to know these guys. I did several radio shows with with yeah. Ted at 97.3 The Game. So I got to know him a little bit uh, better. We would uh, you know, have fun together, joke around. And then obviously, as you know, a big part of pre-games and post-games when you cover NBA games, you just get to hang out and talk and talk about basketball, yeah. talk about whatever you want. So that's been a big thrill for me. And then it's always a little bit different when I was in the car this year and I would put the games on if I had work with another job and I'd listen to you on the radio and listen to Ted on the radio and then you're like, well, these guys are my friends now. This, this changes things completely, but it's still uh, just as awesome. So I've always said this, with all your favorite players with sports, with all your favorite memories with sports, you remember the athletes, you remember the shot, the hit, whatever it may be, but you also remember the voice. And, and I'll, I'll always remember you know, many moments listening to Ted and seeing the clips go around of him calling the 
the Giannis alley-oop, the Drew Holiday steal and the Giannis alley-oop and the Bucks winning the championship. It's awesome, man. It's awesome that he has those clips. And I will just a little tease here, Justin. I think there's going to be a new Locked on Bucks intro coming in soon where some of those calls might be included. Well, and, you know, we talked about um, what better way to go out than as a champion. And, you know, I think in the case of Ted, too, and unfortunate for Jim, that is, as you mentioned, too, there's no local TV once you get out of the first round. So Ted was there throughout the duration as we did the radio broadcast, and uh, Ted went out on top. That not only the team, but some of those calls in, in games four through six, and we think about, and you know, Ted has the privilege of people will forever remember that final call of the Bucks winning their first championship in 50 years. It's Ted's voice that is associated with that, and he nailed it. So, um, yeah, it's it's a large part of my upbringing, listening to Ted on my way to and from work and wherever else, and then, you know, just like you, getting the chance to know him and and work alongside him for these last six years and learn some from him um i'm gonna miss that so best of luck to him and of course jim as well in retirement but yeah you knew it the you knew the possibility was there but still when um when i found out it still um still caught me off guard a little bit absolutely i uh echo all your words there for sure so it's cool i'm sure we'll have jim on this podcast moving forward i'm sure we'll find a way to get ted on here as well as he has in the past so Uh, Congratulations to both those guys, but today specifically, Ted, before we move on, we should talk about betonline.ag. And I saw, I was watching something today. I guess this just escaped me. I'm still locked into basketball. Who knows what's going on? But football is is only two weeks away. It didn't even really, uh, didn't really even really register with me, but it is that time of year again. And all the eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200K NFL Survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. So make sure you take advantage of their opening day super promo. All you have to do is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose... Your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. That's at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Justin, finally, Giannis has come back. To the AEW, <laughs> you were you were at this event. I can't believe what's going on. The, the Bucks are taking over professional wrestling. First, Bobby Portis was at the WWE event at Fiserv Forum. Now, Giannis is at AEW at the uh, the Panther Arena at the Mecca last night. As we're recording this, you were there. You weren't just there. You were basically front row at this event. Uh, did you have any idea that Giannis was about to show up? And his brothers, or, or how did that actually all play out on the night? Because obviously the clips were all over the place. I tweeted something about uh, Giannis or, and Bobby Portis and professional wrestling. Next thing, AEW is following me on Twitter. I, I don't know. Maybe, oh. yeah, maybe they want to recruit me. I don't know. I, I did want to be a wrestler for a small part of my, my youth, my childhood, but uh, you were there. <laughs> I you still do. Fan. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no. So, uh, it, was, uh, it was AEW Dynamite, and uh, I 
as a kid was a huge uh, wrestling mark as we put it in the business and have uh, still kept up with it somewhat, but not anywhere near the extents that it was when I was a kid or teenager. Uh, but I've started to get back into it with uh, the emergence of AEW. So I went last Friday to see the return of CM Punk in Chicago and then I uh, had such a great experience, I figured, all right, I'll go see them in Milwaukee. And actually uh, interned with some people at WTMJ, I'd rather not say, but at least 15 years ago, um, who now work for Turner. And they had reached out to me as well. And after, the, after I had bought tickets, said, hey, next time we're in town, let us know and we can get you tickets to these events. So um, it looks like I'll be an AEW fan for a while. But they had their, uh, their live show on Wednesday Night Dynamite that airs from 7 to 9 Central Time here. And they taped their Friday night show immediately afterwards. And this was the first time they did both shows in one night. And the owner, uh, Tony Khan, who is the son of Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, uh, came out and addressed the crowd before their first show. He did it again before they started to tape Friday's show and said, you know, came out with a belt and said, Milwaukee is a city of champions and they're certainly celebrating. And so are we. And you started to think, where is this headed? And said, you know, we have the MVP here. And I think most of the crowd was kind of silent thinking, what is he talking about? And even Tony Khan said, no, I'm serious. We have the MVP. And Giannis and his brother come out and hit the ring. So uh, we've seen uh, what, a couple of years ago, too. Giannis, a big wrestling fan, and we've seen him attending several WWE events. But now the rivalry has definitely heated up that AEW was able to get the reigning finals MVP to carry the championship belt into the ring. So I don't know, and I'm not really much of a wrestling fan anymore, but back when I was, again, in my early teens, there was an angle with WCW and then there's all this other stuff, whatever, but WCW and WWF came together. There was this big invasion angle, which is what I tweeted about because if there was an invasion angle now between WWE and AEW, the main event could potentially be Bobby Portis versus Giannis. (laughs) And so I did see some jokes around where people saying, geez, WWE uh, managed Bobby Portis, who by the way, we love Bobby Portis, but he is a role player. He's coming off the bench. And then AEW just picked up the finals MVP, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. So I do think that AEW probably won that battle. But it did have me thinking about the Bucks and their, I would say, their connection to wrestling. So these two guys have been here. We know the season before there was the big wrestling routine. Uh, there was the championship belts that were out there. I believe it was Giannis and Wesley Matthews that were uh, you know, the, the pseudo tag team champions there for a while. I know there were some people that, that got very, very anxious watching the Bucks in their wrestling routine as they continued to get a little more adventurous. But it really just did have me thinking, who would be the best wrestling product performer on the Bucks roster? Keeping in mind that professional wrestling is, yes, obviously incredible athletes, but also you know, charismatic, good on the mic, able to cut a promo. There's a lot that goes into being a top-level professional wrestler. Man, um, I think Bobby Portis is, uh, is <laughs> yeah. definitely up there. And yeah. you know, maybe Bobby Portis was, may, may very well be, you mentioned 
you know, people can compare, well, one got Bobby Portis, one got Giannis, but then you take into account how Milwaukee feels about Bobby Portis. I mean, he may be the Daniel Bryan or CM Punk of the Bucks. that uh, it's, man, why does everybody sleep on him when he's this good? I think, sadly, P.J. Tucker, you could probably put in that category before he uh, departed. I would, uh, I mean, this may be blasphemous, but I would even potentially put Thanasis ahead of Giannis just for the overall charisma. And, I, I mean, I think Thanasis himself would be pretty good on the mic as a, uh, a WWE or AEW wrestler. So I think the, the options out there, there are plenty for who would be the Bucks' best wrestling figure. So you bring up Thanasis, and I, I, think it's a, I think it's an obvious choice. Uh, I know Jim Olszewski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel used to uh, put up the Ultimate Warrior uh, gifts when he was running to the, to the, to the uh, scorer's table to come onto the court. So I think that that is obviously a pretty apt comparison. I think the problem with Thanasis would be that in the business, as you like to said, I think they would call him a stiff. I think he would be out there hurting people because he's, he's too excited. He's not able to hold back his emotions. So I do think Tenassus would be an excellent choice. Uh, but also, I, I, was, I was wondering from this Bucks roster, Brooke Lopez, I think, if you go back in the history of wrestling and the giants that they have, he's not quite as big as the great Carly. Uh, also of the longest yard uh, acting fame, but he's a massive guy, and they love they love big guys. What, what about a match between Kane and Brook Lopez, or the Big Show and Brook Lopez? I, I sign me up for that. And also, the comedic value of Brook Lopez should not be overlooked. And just for uh, for clarification, for those that are not in the know, you mean Kane, the Big Red Machine, and not yourself versus no, he would, he would, he would kill as me. well. I get, uh, I get a lot of like '95 Diesel vibes from yeah. uh, Brooke Lopez as yeah. well, where he's the big heater, but he's good on the mic. So I could definitely see that with him. All right, I know that there's probably some people listening to this that have no idea what we're talking about. This is absolute peak off-season content, but uh, like I said, it was hard to ignore the Bucks kind of ignored by basketball media, it feels like, despite the fact that they're defending champs. There's so much excitement everywhere else. But as far as the, I think, the, the general world, I think that there's a lot of people that are, that are really excited about the Bucks. And I actually just a couple of hours, or about two hours ago, actually, uh, as we were recording this, got off a call with uh, our old friend Dally, Matthew Dallavadova, who has uh, signed in Melbourne. He's going to be playing in the NBL uh, this season and I did have to apologize to him I said look you got your way out of Milwaukee to avoid me now you come to Melbourne and now you're still going to have to deal with me so it is pretty unfortunate for him but of course I acknowledge that this was a selfish question we all know that I have no problem in admitting that I am a selfish uh, reporter but I asked him I said look you were with the Bucks you were there at the start when Mike Budenholzer first came on board for the first couple of months you know the guys on the roster you know a lot of the training staff uh, just to ask for his thoughts about the Bucks winning the championship. And I thought it was a nice quote, so I just want to read this out. He said, I was really excited for Milwaukee and the Bucks. I texted with Giannis and Chris. The training staff has a lot of Aussies that I was close with and the owners. They all made me feel welcome and I had a great time there. They put a lot of hard work in for a lot of years to get to that point. It wasn't just that season. Giannis and Chris have been there for eight years. 
to get to that point. They are both extremely hard workers and they really deserve it. So I was very happy for them. So I just thought it was, it was nice to hear that from Dali. He was here for a couple of seasons and uh, probably his play and the contract. And there's a lot of things that people look on negatively, but there's so many players that are involved along the, the journey as he sort of pointed to uh, with Giannis, the growth of Giannis, the growth of the franchise that were all uh, a small part of that, even if they weren't on that championship team. Yeah. And uh it, it, you know, he still provided us a lot of uh, memories. And I think the quintessential Delhi play was the oh, steal man. against the Celtics in the playoff series too, that you mentioned Della Vidova. And I think that's the first thing that people, most Bucks fans will think of when you think about what he was on the court. Well, you guys know that I love Delhi, obviously. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy that that's not the number one playoff moment anymore. I'm happy that we've got a couple of moments that have replaced that. Uh, we all needed a, uh, a more, I don't know whether the meaningful is too harsh, but we all needed something a little bit more than the first round, the Dallas scoop, but that was a play, of course, that Bucks fans bring up all the time and we'll remember forever. I wasn't in the building, but uh, from all reports, it had the old uh, Bradley Center shaking there. But speaking of moments that people sometimes forget about, I want to get to that in just a second, but people never forget about Rock Auto. I know that. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? Uh, You know how to access rockauto.com on your phone or on your computer so you can save time and money and not spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They've got everything you need, so just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And I always say this, but if you run rockauto.com, there's no excuse not to be eating a built bar while you're doing it. It's, it just makes common sense that that, that is, the, is the path you would go down. Uh, still celebrating freedom of choice with Built Bar. She's uh, Built Bar. I've just, they've been fantastic sponsors of this show, Justin. I don't know how many times I've done this ad read. Maybe a million. But the flavors, to me, still taste just as good. I'm going to keep promoting coconut. You can keep promoting your cherry bar, Sia, and mint brownie, Justin. But uh, the bars are delicious. And if you have not got on Built Bar yet, you are making a mistake, but there's still time. Don't worry about it. We've got a great deal for you guys to get your hands on these uh, healthy bars that is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's wrap up this show with a little mailbag question that I teased a bit earlier, Justin. This comes from at Bucks on Twitter. He hit me up, or he or she hit me up uh, just a few hours ago. It says, what were some of the most underrated moments of the season that have been forgotten due to the playoff and championship buzz? I think this is a fun question because there was lots of things. I even just literally just scrolled through the basketball reference uh, the, what do you call it? Schedule the games, mm-hmm. and and I remember things instantly just from particular yeah. games. So a couple of things here. I'll get us started, then you can jump in. The fact the Bucks were two and three to start the season. Oh boy, those panic stations back in those days. But the two wins were quite memorable. Of course, 
uh, they beat the Warriors on Christmas. Absolutely blew the doors off Golden State on Christmas Day. No fans of five serve for them, but still a memorable game. Then they won in Miami, 144 to 97. They hit 29 threes. They were 29 for 51, an NBA record. Let me go through the players that just hit a three here. Drew Holiday hit six. Dante DiVincenzo hit five. Chris Middleton knocked down four. Brooke Lopez, three. There was two to DJ Augustine, two to Bryn Forbes, two to Jordan Wara, and then Bobby Portis hit one. Thanasis even hit one. Pat Connaughton hit one. DJ Wilson hit one. Sam Merrill hit one. So uh, there's only one name missing there, Justin, out of the 29 threes. One guy did not hit a three that stepped foot on the court. Giannis, 0 for 2, letting the whole team down. This was a fun game. This was a memorable game. If you remember, it was also memorable because TNT just, uh, just broke stopped, away. stopped showing the game. They were showing Steph Curry hitting practice threes in the practice facility when the Bucs were breaking a real record for the most threes in the game. And that was... Um... That was Sam Merrill's peak moment in the uh, NBA. Yes, I yes, believe he yeah. he hit the what I think it was the twenty seventh. That was the uh, NBA record at the time. So there was that. I mean, even was it a day before or two days before? Because that was the three game road trip that started in New York, and then you had back to back games against the Heat. But I mean, I remember you know having fielding numerous calls after the game where the Bucks lost to the Knicks on a Sunday night mm-hmm. and the Knicks um, were something like 16 of 25 or something like that from three. And it was very reminiscent of Bud's first year here with the loss in New York where they lost it in overtime and Chris Middleton was benched. There was a lot of similar feels to those two games. And I mean, the consternation started early with you mentioned this team being two and three and just why is this team you know, floating around 500, even the way that they were beat by the Utah Jazz on the home court early in the season that, you know, I think a lot of people forget how much frustration there was from the fans that first month or so into the season. And, you know, why isn't this team winning 75 or more percent of their games? And then it wasn't until you got about a month or so into the season. I mean, you know, the question, I think the way it was phrased is a little different from my first thoughts of some of the things that are not quite as remembered as they were at the time. And with that, I would say that Knicks loss, the, um, the two losses back to back as well against the Pelicans and Hornets where again, that was the sky is falling and what is wrong with this team. But you know, some of the underrated good moments, uh, I mean, because of his performance in the finals, I think a lot of us forgot about that magical night that Giannis had in Portland, which was the night where he got that injury before the game even started and played through it and, and nearly perfect from the field. That that's one of the biggest moments that jumps out to me of, I almost forgot this happened, but like we witnessed near history and that was maybe the best game he had played of his career up until the finals. Yeah, that's a great pull. That's a great pull, the Portland game. Uh, where you, yeah, again, he hurt the knee in the warm-up. It looked like he was in real trouble, then came out and played that way. Uh, some, other thing that's, some other things that stand out to me, uh, certainly the, the five-game losing streak. And I know you mentioned a couple of losses there. Uh, and Drew Holiday wasn't playing, if you remember. He wasn't playing during that stretch. Uh, and there were some close games in there. They won that game miraculously in Denver, but then lost to Phoenix. Giannis had that mid-range a pull up to win the game just went uh, just missed even though he had a, a monster night altogether 
but they lost 125-124 without Drew Holiday in the lineup. But I, I think the the summary of the regular season, and and again, there was there was so many more wins, so many more moments. Drew Holiday's game winner in Memphis is another one that stands out to me. But I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. So much time on this podcast and so much time online, wherever it was through the regular season, I felt like my line or my tone was, well, just relax. Just don't panic. There's no reason to panic just yet. It's remarkable that the storyline felt so negative throughout this whole season and really up until maybe game five of the NBA finals because there was moments in every single series where it felt like everything was falling apart as well. And in the end, it came right at the absolute perfect time. So just interesting to look back at the storylines. From the playoffs, though, I will say one performance that I, I hope is not overlooked, that I hope is not forgotten, and, and people will always remember this one, is obviously uh, Game 5 against the Atlanta Hawks because we know this came on the back of obviously Giannis going down with the, the serious knee injury, and uh, we didn't know whether he was going to play again this season or sorry last season in the playoffs this season upcoming in 2022 and the Bucks were able to regroup which I, I just personally think took a lot of mental toughness we've spoke a lot about what Brooke Lopez can do offensively and the fact that a lot of the times the most dominant stretches he's had have been when Giannis has been off the floor he just gets to do different things he rolls to the basket he can occupy the paint a little bit more offensively and for him to have 33 points on 14 for 18 shooting. Didn't even knock down a three in those 33 points and added four blocks as well on the night. The Bucks won that game and got themselves back on track. Um, just a, a performance that I hope doesn't get overlooked, even though I understand that with Drew and Chris and Giannis doing all the things that they were doing, it might be easy to overlook. I hope people don't forget that one because that was special. Yeah, I mean, it's um, we're, we're now a month and a week <laughs> removed from them winning the championship which you know last friday was the one month anniversary which is still just hard to believe of wow it's 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 only been a month because it already feels like forever ago that they did that but um that game five is you know brooke lopez gets a majority of the attention for it and rightfully so but that was one of the the instances where we talk about how special this team was down the stretch that was one of those games and, and you guys covered it at the time uh, i I don't know that you could just pick one guy and say, man, Brooke was great because, you know, everyone was great in that game. Chris was great. Drew was great. Bobby Portis in his first game starting for Giannis gave you a near double-double and scored 22, that that was just a collective team effort where everybody rose to the occasion and, and we saw the different version of Brooke Lopez as, as more of the traditional back-to-the-basket guy. Um, so everything seemed to work there. And, and the other point that you made too, uh, about the Bucks as a whole and their playoff run, which is just remarkable is, you know, if you look at each of the series, the Bucks faced some issues in each of them that I, I know, obviously it was much less in the Miami series that it was really just game one. And how are they going to respond here in a tight game? And after they won that, it, it seemed like, okay, this is all we needed, and, and we figured out the heat. But, uh, you know, the 2-0 deficit against the Brooklyn Nets and even being down 3-2, the Giannis injury to fall down or, or to have the series tied against the Hawks, and, and again, the 0-2 deficit against, against the Suns, that you typically don't see this from the team that wins the championship, that there is one or two of those moments. But the Bucks really had it pop up four times 
through four series. And, you know, as we've all said along the run here, I really do think that's what galvanized them and, and got them to that level of winning a championship. No question. It's uh, and you know I feel it feels a little bit feels a little bit uh, rushed here. I guess to try and squeeze this all into um, one segment here at the end of the show. But I will say this for everyone who is listening to this and probably coming up with their own ideas or their own memories of whether it's the regular season or the postseason of underrated storylines that people probably forget. You can hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know uh, what is going to stand out to you or potentially games you might go back and watch and all the like, because uh, clearly a lot of memories. And I was actually thinking about it the other day, Justin. I might go back and watch uh, the playoff run. I don't know if I want to watch all the playoffs. I probably won't watch the first round series. No disrespect uh, to our uh, great friend, Bryn Forbes, who's back in San Antonio now. But certainly from the Brooklyn series uh, onwards, there was uh, plenty of memorable games. Well, and, and even him. I mean, the the six for six three-point game that Bryn had, uh, Dante's start to the season in those first six games. And and really after that, he, he had the stretch of, like, it was like nine or 10 games where he noticeably cooled off. But in February, he picked it back up and, and got off to another good start. And a lot of that coincided with Drew Holiday being out of the lineup, but Dante's start to the season. That overall, I think he's another guy that had gotten for more than he should have been forgotten just because of the injury occurring when it did, but just how vital he was to the start of the season. So you had the moments from Bryn, you had the start from Dante, you had the game winner that you already referenced that Drew had against the, um, the Memphis Grizzlies. We had uh, more Chris Middleton magic. We had the Giannis game that I talked about. We had the stretch too, where, Mamadi Diakite was the rage, and we had people calling for Brooke Lopez to be out of the lineup, and all of a sudden, Brooke Lopez is putting up the 33 points in one of the biggest games of the season. So it's hard to, it's hard to believe all of this was contained in the same season, that the Bucks went up and down like that as much as they did from uh, the start of the regular season all the way to the NBA Finals. The 2021 championship win was truly... Uh, one for the optimists, if you were an optimist through the regular season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, as we wrap it up, I remind everyone about the Locked On Today podcast where you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Our friend Peter Pukowski, also of Locked On Packers, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But Justin... This episode of Locked On Bucks is in the bank and earning interest. You know, there, between that and I saw somebody else point out, I hope Ted is cashing in all that interest that he's accumulated <laughs> through the years and that's what he's living off for retirement. But uh, I mean, between that, the, uh, everything else that he had with, uh, with Giannis and he was the one that uh, initiated the alphabet and, and you yeah. know, I think too, all the long time, if you know, you know, when Ted says the name of Mark Davis and the way that Ted would react to some of the officiating, there's a lot that we all remember from uh, his great 24-year run. Yep, absolutely. I think that's the perfect way to end it. So obviously, we thank Ted for all the memories uh, listening and working with and watching the Bucks and hearing his voice associated with that uh, an awesome run. And uh, hopefully, we still hear from Ted from time to time, even when he's relaxing out on that land uh, that you mentioned if he goes back to Texas there. But for now, for Justin and myself, we're going to take the weekend off unless there's any crazy news. Uh, you can't rule out anything. But the expectation is we'll take the weekend off and be back next week. Got some fun stuff planned, so make sure you join us. 
stay safe out there. We'll catch you guys then.